one chance, one life, one take. Little room for mistake. Who do you Hello and welcome to the Dead Funny Dead Serious Podcast. Today's guest is Zach Foster, and we are just going to dive right in. Zach, who are you and what do you do? Who am I? Let's just start easy, huh? Yeah, existential. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I am a Southerner. I am from North Carolina originally. I grew up in the woods with my brothers and my cousins and my grandparents. And I, for a long time, have been a high school teacher in the public schools. 18 years there. Just quit that gig last month. So I'm now able to devote my time and my energy to the short answer to your question, which is I'm a full-time quilter and I make all kinds of quilts, but the ones I think that we'll probably be spending the most time talking about today are memory quilts, burial quilts, and funeral quilts. I'm so excited to get into this. Um, One, because you're the first funeral and memory quilt person that I've ever heard of. And so that's super cool. And I'm just on the edge of my seat. How did you get into this and why? Well, the general answer is I got into quilting because there was just a time of life, a season when all my friends were having their first kids, you know, and I, and I wanted to make them something nice, something you just couldn't buy off the rack somewhere. So I started to learn how to quilt. And in the beginning, I got real irritated with myself because mm, my corners weren't matching and all the things that people think quilts are supposed to do. Uh, so I stopped for a while actually, but then I picked back up and I haven't stopped since. I've probably made about a hundred quilts since then in the last 10 years or so. Um, how I got started though with memory work and, and grieving death work is I remember hearing years ago on NPR, I mean, this would have been, I was probably like 20 years old, old enough to know better when I tell this story. <laughs> I heard a story on, on the radio about a woman who passed away and it was her wishes, her last wishes, to be wrapped up in a quilt from her bed and have her friends put her in the back of a pickup truck, drive her out to the woods, and bury her there. And I remember thinking, oh, you mean I don't have to be put in a casket? Like, I, ha- I have choices about these things? This is why I say I was old enough to know better. But there was something about hearing that woman's story that made me think that's how I want to go, right? Like, quilts are soft and they're colorful and they have a special role to play when we talk about loss and we talk about processing that loss. I would say that quilts are so powerfully symbolic and they just make a lot of sense when you think about it because very few people I know, (laughs) zero actually, buy a casket and then put it like the floor of their living room to prop their feet up on as a coffee table, right? Like we, we buy these things around the time of death that have a very singular use. Quilts, however, the ones I design, are meant to be used and loved and wrapped up then for years and years and years, getting infused with someone's life energy. And then when the time comes, if it's a burial quilt, you can then also wrap the body up in that quilt in lieu of a casket enter it straight back into the ground where the body is then free to return all the borrowed elements that we've been carrying around for our years on this planet. And I just think, yeah, that that to me makes more sense. Like every night I get in bed and curl up in a quilt. Every night I personally do not 
step foot inside of a big wooden box and pull the lid over me. You know, I just like that continuity of, of, of habits and patterns that we had while we were alive. Beautifully said. It is. I mean, there's nothing better than a quilt. Um, you know, a handmade cotton quilt. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's just me, but I'm, I'm attached. <laughs> I have mm. some quilts that really mean a lot. And it makes sense that there's this traditional aspect to what we're doing when we're living and when we die. Yeah, like what? I mean, why is death so special? Mm-hmm. Is one way to think of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an obvious answer to that question, but we could also say it is just a part of life that we're all gonna go through. So in my mind, we don't necessarily need a whole new instrument, a whole new thing. We can do what humans have always found comfort in or often found comfort in using these domestic textiles to, mm-hmm. to make that difficult time of passage a little bit easier. So where did the, where did it begin? You started working on memory quilts, which is mm-hmm. quilts from people's old clothing. Was that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then where was that step into the burial quilts? Like who was your first client and how did that come to be? Yeah. So, okay. So let's go back to that story I heard on the radio. Uh-huh. That idea just sat in the back of my brain and stewed there for about a decade. Okay. The last five years or so I have been making memory quilts and it's only in the last year that I started making burial and funeral quilts. Memory quilts are significant because mm-hmm. I have long believed that, um, the clothes we live in, the clothes we inhabit while we're alive are changed by our presence, right? Like I think about this shirt that I have on now, like there's holes in the sleeves I've had to patch. This is a sign that Zach Foster lived on this earth at one point in time and wore this shirt, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm not gonna show you my pit stains, but I'm sure there's some discoloration happening on there. That is another sign that Zach Foster at one point in time was a very tangible physical presence. Mm. And so when families give me clothing of their loved ones, I look for those kinds of signs to incorporate. So of course I use the pretty bits of the fabric, right? Like my favorite part of a shirt is always the back of the shirt just because mm-hmm. it's a wide open expanse of, of fabric to work with. But I also look for the parts that may be a little bit discolored because maybe they, you know, a little piece of chocolate melted down there or something. Um, or that might be a little bit faded because this person was a fisherman and spent a lot of time out in the open water so the shoulders are light. Mm. Or um, what else have I seen? I love, oh, I love a woman one time gave me a headscarf that her mom used to wear all the time. And her mom would always wear the headscarf the same way. She would fold it in half like a big triangle and then tie it over her head and, and knot it in the back. And when you looked at the corners of her headscarf, two were perfectly intact, like brand new looking, and two were frayed. Hmm. So however this woman would tie the headscarf, she did the same way every time. And the fact that her fingers were somehow fiddling in a very particular way that only her fingers could fiddle, frayed those corners. And so when I incorporated that headscarf into the quilt, I, I left the headscarf whole. I basically just sewed it down on top so that you could see she had touched these corners, but not these corners. And I feel like what memory quilts do is they occupy, create, mm-hmm. 
sustain a physical presence of someone that we love and hold so dear. Mm -hmm. And so by treating fabrics in that way, of leaving the fabrics intact when appropriate, it's just carving out further space that yes, this person who I may no longer see in my life and in my day to day, mm-hmm. I can look at this headscarf and I can see what she touched and I can see what she changed and I can remember how she touched me and how she changed me. Wow. I think it's a, there's a real powerful allegory there, metaphor there that we intuit, whether we understand it or not, we feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So beautiful. I don't even have a question coming up because that was amazing. And I love it. I want to sit with it for a minute, um, but the podcast must go on. It feels like you are making a connection that is more congruent with our daily living than what happens in a quote unquote traditional funeral, which is people being dressed up in fancy clothes, um, having their hair and their, you know, makeup done in ways that they weren't naturally looking like being in these caskets that cost as much as a car and are built like a car. Um, and it's just not congruent to a lot of people. And we feel that when we experience funerals or wakes or whatever we're, we're looking at and a quilt feels like it's more congruent to you know, the next step versus a different step. Is that, am I with you? <laughs> hey, we're in the same place, Mitzi. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that makes quilts so special, whether we're talking memory, burial, funeral, whatever, mm-hmm. is that when we think of our home, if we were to think of our home like a sanctuary, like a temple, there are parts that are publicly accessible and there are parts that are more private, right? Yeah. And the inner sanctum of the home is the bedroom. It is the most private part of the the home. And in that room, the bed is the most private part, right? Mm -hmm. Very few people get to go in your bed. They may go to your bathroom. Lots of folks go to your kitchen. But how many people actually get in your bed? And we're talking about the thing that covers that, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a special kind of space that we accord quilts, that to me make a lot of inherent sense. Mm -hmm. It is a space that is private and unique to an individual or certain individuals. It is a place of rest and repose. It is a place of self-expression. You know, there's there's a lot of things people do in beds that are very expressive. (laughs) And so I, I think quilts tap into that in a lot of ways that can be, quilts can be very different from one quilt to the next, just as people are very different from one person to the next. Mm -hmm. And so if someone were interested in having a quilt in their burial and their funeral or to preserve memories, they can be so different to capture the specific and irreplaceable energy that each person on this planet brings. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I don't personally connect with the idea of going to a service, going to a funeral home, for example, and picking a mass produced item out of a catalog. Mm -hmm. It just, to me, it doesn't resonate vibrationally. What makes a lot more sense is something that somehow reflects who I am as a person and what I did with my time on this planet. 
Yeah, I would agree um, for myself and for a couple other reasons, aesthetically, even quilts to me are just much more, they're beautiful and they're warm and symbolic more than any casket is ever going to be congruent with what I thought for myself. Right. And I'm not going to be there, but also the people that are in that room won't see it as congruent with me. If I was in a shiny black casket, wouldn't be, it just wouldn't feel congruent. And so I'm guessing a lot of people feel that, but they don't have that option. And, and here you are. Hey. <laughs> I mean, and we can say all of that. And then I'm also going to say, if you are a woodworker, make yourself a casket. Go yes. right ahead. That makes sense. Yeah. But for those of us that aren't woodworkers, mm-hmm. we all get wrapped up in something at night. <laughs> Most of us, right? Yeah. Maybe a quilt's a thing. And I can speak personally to this experience is that I actually put together um, from a kit, my stepfather's casket. Right. I bought it. Um, I work with somebody that's in Oregon. He is the best Arkwood caskets. I highly recommend him. Um, and it's a kit and you put it together and my daughter decorated it and he knew he had cancer and he knew he wanted it. He asked me actually, he's like, can you make my box? He kept saying <laughs> my box, my box. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you have to come to Illinois and make my box. And so I shipped it out. We put it together. Um, Unfortunately, he died a little bit more suddenly. And so he didn't get to experience it. And he, w- he was ready. We had ordered it. It just um, came a little early, but we did this and we were, oh, I was worried. I was worried that the family, you know, it was different than the other family funerals that they weren't going to respond because it was this pine wood casket um, decorated by his beloved granddaughter um, that could do no wrong. So whatever she did, it was going to be awesome. And then we took the quilt that my mom had made um, and that was on his bed and we used that and it just was so congruent. It was warm. It was a warm, it's a brown and yellow quilt. So with this pine wood and everyone in the family came in and was like, wow, I want my funeral to look just like this. And everyone wrote on the, on the cover of the casket. Um, and at the end, it was this experience of everyone being able to read it, all the family members touching. I'll cry if I think too much about it, but I'm just saying the quilt really added, even though he had a casket because he, it was a traditional funeral. And so we were blending those two pieces. And so people knowing that they can do, they can blend these two pieces, right? It was kind of like traditional adding a quilt, adding our own casket and made it congruent with what he was and who he was. And you're helping um, people do that. I, I think that's such a beautiful story. Like I can just picture, I didn't know your grandfather, but I can just picture him wrapped in a quilt in a homemade hand-painted casket, which I just think is a beautiful image. And his brother kept saying, where, where did you get that? Where did you get Mm. that box? His older brother, he had 16 siblings and his older brother was like, where do I get that? (laughs) Who's going to get me that box? Tell my son where to get that box. I love that. And I know, I mean, folks listen to this conversation now are death positive advocates, all about getting people to think ahead. Because if it's one thing we know for sure, it ain't always going to be this way. It's going to wrap up one of these days. And I feel like so much people have a lot of anxiety around 
the end of their life. I would say my personal experience, I already have my own burial quilt made and picked out. Wow. And my personal experience is just having it folded up in the corner of my bedroom. I see it every day when I wake up. Mm. And it gives me a certain kind of grounding to my day that says, Zach, you're alive and kicking today. You're walking around and you're tapping the buttons and you're doing all the things. But one day you won't be doing those things. And when that day comes, I'll be ready for you. And so it has given me, you know what, this is going to sound crazy, but quilters out there will understand, (laughs) is that I find myself talking to this quilt, right? Like telling Mm -hmm. the quilt like little things happening throughout the day. Like I had a, a, I was talking with somebody recently and I was putting the quilt up on the wall to show them. And in preparation to show them that quote, putting it on the wall, I was talking to him. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. this fellow's coming over. We're going to talk about you and all this. So it becomes this, um, for me, it has become this kind of companion to the end that I have a very positive association with. Mm-hmm. And at a time in life when I know very little about what that day is going to be like, right? I, I, I can't, I don't know. But I do know, at least I do hope that my body will be wrapped in that quilt. I can mm-hmm. see it, I can picture it. And just having that image brings me a peace of mind that mm-hmm. I think a lot of folks could benefit from. We don't think about it because we don't want to think about it. But if we can yeah. paint a positive picture, if we can find something beautiful in that day, in that moment, I'm not gonna say look forward to it, mm-hmm but have something that's not scary about it, then I think a lot of other things will fall into place for us. You know, it's like whenever I'm tackling a certain project, I always look at the end. What do I want the outcome to be? Where do I want to end up at the end of this project? Mm-hmm. And let me work backwards. Yeah. What if human life is just seen as one big project? Okay, so I got my burial quilt. Now what do I want to do between now and then, you know? Yeah. And for anyone listening that's into death psychology, what we're talking about a little bit here is acceptance versus avoidance. Um, And when we are congruent with ourselves, and I I love that you were bringing up like, who's listening to this podcast right now? It is, it's mostly death positive people, right? And that's great. I I want all the death positive people to be listening to this, knowing that they're the ones that have the information that can then portray this to others that that aren't into it. And that's fine. Um, Not everybody is going to be a death educator, but at the same time, like knowing that there's people like you, Zach, um, that help people, you know, find their quilt and have that one more piece of being accepting and alive and, you know, really working within their values and art. Fuck, art is so important. There's so much room for creativity and mortality. Mm-hmm. So much room. We help visualize things. I'll tell you what, I, um, my most recent project was a funeral quilt. And that's a little bit different than a burial quilt. So in the sense that this, this client approached me and says, I want something I can use for the ceremony, mm-hmm. right? Like the body, the casket will be laid on top of the quilt, I assume is what she's thinking. And then she said, afterwards, I don't wanna be buried in it. I'm gonna give it to my kids. Okay. And I said, well, how are you gonna give one quilt to two kids? And that got me thinking, (laughs) why don't I try to make a modular quilt? So a quilt that in its lifetime operates as one whole big quilt. Mm -hmm. But then after the funeral, it's stitched together in such a way 
In fact, there are hand embroidered instructions on the back of the quilt that says snip all the purple threads. Because when you snip all the purple threads, the two halves of that quilt just separate. And now wow. each kid has their own half. And this has given this client a project to envision her own mortality mm -hmm. and to be able to talk about it with her kids. So when she gets this quilt, it's on her way, it's on its way to West Virginia now. Oh, when wow. she gets this quilt, she'll be able to say, all right, kids, you see these instructions? Mm -hmm. This is what I want you to do. And just begin the conversation in a way that's not so daunting. Beautiful. So that is what you're calling a funeral quilt now. And a burial quilt, do your clients normally get you ahead of time and they say, hey, make this so I can have it when I need it? Mm -hmm. That's the idea. And at least that's the way I always talk about it because yeah. it's going to happen. Let's just go ahead and plan on it. And I tell them what my personal experience has been that has given me a grounding and a sense of peace about it. And so I... I encourage people to start thinking about as early as possible. You know, like I'm a spry 41 year old, I'm in good health. You know, I'm very thankful for all of that. So I can think about these things relatively easier than someone who is later on up in years or has a health situation that's, you know, that's um, bringing the end a little bit closer than they might want it to be. Uh, but I don't think it's ever too early to start planning. Nobody says, oh, I started planning for my death too early, right? Like, <laughs> like oh, I wish, wish I'd really waited to the last minute on this one. It'd been easier for everybody involved. <laughs> That's funny to think about, actually. Um, I want that to be my last words right there. Just to mess Take with it. everyone. Messy, they're yours. <laughs> Just they're yours. mess with everyone. I, I thought about this for way too long. <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> disappointed at how this is turning out. <laughs> Amazing. So what are your hopes for your business and mm. the field? Mm, mm, mm. Well, there's a lot of quilters making memory quilts. <laughs> I did not invent that genre of quilts. <laughs> Nobody else I know, at least at this moment in time, October, whatever it is, 2021, okay. is making funeral or burial quilts, right? <laughs> I'm sure there will be people soon and very soon. Sure. But I, having left a career of teaching for nearly two decades, am really enjoying being able to tap into this deep well of passion that I have to talk about what is ultimately important with people. And if I'm talking to a client about a memory quote, that's hearing the stories about their loved one and giving them being being a container for those stories, but also creating a container for those stories, yeah. right? I find that personally very gratifying and satisfying. It's work that I'm cut out to do on an existential level. Maybe that's how I should answer your question at the beginning of the hour. <laughs> Who are you? I am a container for stories. Mm. I'm gonna have to tuck that away. Um, <laughs> so what are my hopes? My hopes are to have as many opportunities to talk about these things of ultimate importance, to each and every person out there with as many people as I can. I want to continue to find ways to incorporate textiles into acknowledging the passage of life because it's not just death, mm -hmm. right? There are chapters throughout our lives as we go. You know, our kids grow up and go off to college and all of a sudden you're left with all these kids' clothes in the attic. What do you do with those? Maybe those need a quilt. 
right? Yeah. Just to mark that chapter, send them off to college with the quilt made out of their baby clothes or something. I don't know. I'm just, I, I want to, I see quilts often as monuments. And I think they can be very powerful in that sense of, of marking a time and a place and a particular kind of relationship. So the more I can find ways to do that, the better. That's lovely. And I see that, right? Baby quilts, your kids, smaller quilts for their smaller beds, and then they get older, wedding quilts, a lot of things. Well, Zach, it was just a freaking joy to meet you. I'm so excited to know you. Um, and where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at ZachFoster.quilts. They can find me on the internet, ZachFoster.com. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they'll see this because where you post this, you'll probably post this information. But Zach is Z-A-K. Ask my mama why there's no C. It's just Z-A-K, F-O-S-T-E-R. <laughs> Yeah, your website is amazing. Everyone should go check it out and see the quilts um, and read more about you because it's a really great website. Honestly, thank you for that. Um, and <laughs> I don't think I've ever been thanked for a website, but uh, I take that because I did put a lot of work into it. So thank you. You are welcome. There's a lot of bad ones I have to look at. Um, <laughs> I appreciate all the work. And also really follow Zach on Instagram. And, and if you're following us in 2021, there's a really cool little factoid that something just happened to Zach. So go over there and follow him because it has to do with Rihanna. And let's just say that I'm going to leave him hanging. Get the freak I think there. it's a perfect place to leave it because <laughs> you know what? As of about a month or two ago, you couldn't say Zach Foster and Rihanna in the same sentence and have it make any sense. Yeah. But now you can. And if you go to my Instagram, you'll find out the rest of the story. Yeah. Cliffhangers. Yeah. And then yeah, really yeah. should. It's a cool story. So it is. Um, great. Thank you so much. Uh, and we will continue this conversation, uh, I'm sure. So um, thanks for being here. I hope so, Missy. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Make the memories that we